Hola, mi gente. It's been a minute since it's been just me and you. Um, but I decided to use this time to catch up with you and let you know what to expect from Hello Latino moving forward. But first, I want to say thank you for tuning in and listening to these stories from Nuestra Comunidad. Y'all for real inspire me and motivate me to keep Hello Latino going. Please continue sharing these stories on social media and please tag me. I love seeing the love. And don't forget to also subscribe and follow wherever it is you listen. And speaking of thank yous, a huge thank you to my first 10 guests. They were phenomenal. Catalina Peña, Emily Rodriguez, Ariadna Manso, Jai Vargas, Gabriela Gonzalez, Alex Magaña, Joshua Encarnacion, Roxana Sarmiento, Reina Noriega, and Giselle Castro. These Latinos come from all walks of life, all generations. They represent Colombia, Mexico, República Dominicana, Cuba, Guyana, Honduras, Puerto Rico, and even the Bahamas and the Philippines. Latinos who come from various cities throughout the U.S., like Houston, San Diego, Washington Heights, the High Desert, and San Bernardino County, San Jose, Manhattan, Boston, Orange County, the Bronx, Miami, Lawrence, and Springfield. Thank you for sharing your stories on Hell Latino. My original goal and my intent was to represent various communities throughout the U.S. and various countries throughout Latino America. And with these first 10 guests, it's really set the tone for the rest of the episodes to come. So thank you for those listening in. I hope you all have a deeper love and appreciation for our community the same way I have after every conversation. There are still so many more cafecito and chisme sessions to be had, communities and countries to represent, and more stories to amplify. But I'm just getting started. But thank you for being my day one. Over the last few months since Hell Latino started, I've been asked the same question in different forms. Why did you create this podcast? My OG response was, well, in my first episode, I explain XYZ and I basically reiterate everything that I said in that first episode. But the more I was asked that question, the deeper and more profound my response became. And to put it in simpler terms for you, it all came down to two things, Latino representation and vulnerability. I remember being at a family party at my brother's house in Long Beach. I looked around, you know, I saw my Honduran family and friends. And for some reason, out of all the family parties we've had in this particular moment, I really wondered why the world didn't know much about Honduras. So I leaned over and asked him, why? Why doesn't the world know about us? And my brother, Jose Lucio, he just laughed and he said, Mama, los únicos que saben de Honduras son los hondureños. The only ones who know about Honduras are Hondurans. And in that moment, I thought, hmm, I'm going to change that. The older I got, the more I realized it's hard enough being Latino in spaces where Latinos aren't usually in. But to try and rep your country and community, it didn't come easy. For me, that meant representing Honduras. For others, it might mean representing their bicultural identity, their undocumented experience, their Afro-Latinidad. The list goes on. So I knew with Hello Latino, I wanted it to be a platform for all Latino communities, for all countries. For all of us to represent where we come from so that you, listening on the other side, can actually see yourself. Well, in this case, hear yourself. When it comes to vulnerability, I'm a big believer in healing through vulnerable storytelling and leading with it too. And it's hella funny because I was never outwardly vulnerable. 
I kept to myself mostly in my home. I was either bugging my brothers or I was observing quietly. Out in the hood, I was really quiet, shy, and did everything in my power to blend in. I stayed quiet in school. While my peers threw books and the chaos happened and fights broke out in the quad, I was just in the background completely, completely quiet. I stayed quiet at home while my parents and older brothers and sisters had conversaciones de adultos, you know, adult conversations I wasn't allowed in. I stayed quiet while I helped my mom clean houses, quiet when we went through homelessness. I was, I was always really quiet. And there was no in between for me either. You know, I was either really loud and annoying with my brothers <laughs> or I was a complete wallflower. But vulnerability, actually talking about my feels, I was never great at that. So writing actually became an outlet for me. For those who heard my first episode, it started with that piece of paper my brother gave me while we slept in the park. A place I didn't have to hide, you know. Writing became a place I, I didn't have to blend in. It was a place for me to be vulnerable and pour out my feelings, whether it made sense or not. But once I shut that book, I put a smile back on and I stayed in the background, quiet. When I went to college, I thought, this is my time to shine. I could leave behind homelessness, trauma, adversities. I can leave it all behind. I can redefine myself. And college was really pivotal for me. I found my voice. I stepped into my power. But while I had all these titles that I thought made me who I was, board member, PRCSA president, homecoming princess, orientation leader, etc., slowly redefining myself was turning into denying myself. Talk about imposter syndrome. What happened was the minute I graduated and left college behind, those titles were stripped off too. And I was confronted with the question, who are you? And I didn't know who I was without all my titles, all my labels. So these last two years have really been about personal growth for me, digging deep into who I am, exploring my identity, my Latinidad. My personal growth journey meant exploring and owning and embracing my story, my first generation story, my family story. The vulnerability piece came about when I started hosting those personal branding and storytelling workshops for college students. I must have done about 50 and counting but each time I told my story, the more vulnerable it got. And the more vulnerable I got, the more students felt safe enough to share their own story and adversities, a space they didn't have to feel ashamed or feel embarrassed. So for me, vulnerability means being real, embracing who you are and allowing people into a space where they can too feel seen and heard. Vulnerability by definition, though, means a quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally. So I can see why it's seen as a weakness. But on the flip side, there's a possibility someone can feel empowered to own everything they were conditioned to be ashamed of. And that to me is powerful. And that's Hello Latino for you, a space for real and deep conversation, a platform for Latinos, both immigrants and first gens, to tell their story and share all the unique, emotional, and empowering experiences that come with navigating Latinidad in America. That intention, that why, it's why I started, and it's constant. In my last episode with Giselle Castro, we talk about how stories are so a part of Latinidad. A lot of us may have not grown up with monetary riches, but we had richness in knowledge, richness in stories. 
just think of our familias y las conversaciones en la mesa hablando de la vida. You know, they talked about life and they gave us lessons hella young. I realized early on that stories carry power. They carry wisdom. They carry healing. And that's what I strive for in every episode, to create a space for vulnerable, real, and timeless stories about Latinos. So why did I create this platform? Because Latinos, immigrants, first-gens, we deserve a chance to share our side of the story, share our experiences, and write our stories into history. We need a space to redefine what it means to be Latino, to redefine what Latinidad means, and a space to show the beauty in our upbringing, our cultures, and even our adversities. I do it for all of us. I do it for me. I even do it for my parents who came here seeking a better life, and no matter what hardship was thrown their way, they never lost sight of the why. I think of my mom, you know, single mother of five, while she cooked and sold comida hondureña and cleaned houses. She never lost sight of her end goal. She never lost sight that it would all be worth it because her kids were going to have a better life. Think of my dad working at McDonald's in Richmond, California, to working construction in San Diego, to the moments of being homeless, he kept joy in his life and lived so passionately knowing that we would get through it. It would be worth it. So for me, the why, it's constant. It's evergreen. Speaking of family, I'll be releasing an episode with my three brothers this week. We'll be spilling todo el chisme about our different upbringings, and we'll be talking about how homelessness affected us in, in each of our journeys. There's also a lot more stories coming your way. So I hope que estén listos. I hope y'all are ready. And anyway, I mean, it was great catching up with you. Um, keep sharing your stories with me and keep being the badass that you are. Con mucho amor, tu amiga hondureña. 